Well, hey there, everyone, our fellow otters. Welcome to what might be the last episode of this big little recap. I'm Josh. And I'm Michael. And we come with heavy hearts, but full hearts. Full. They're Absolutely heavy. full. They're heavy for a reason. Um, right. Because we believe that we have come to the end of this wonderful journey. That has been the big, big little lies. Exactly. Oh, uh, man. What are your th- what are your overall thoughts before we just dive right on in? Um, uh, a full heart, like you said. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you know if you are curious and you see like reviews online, there are some critics that are um, there are some critics that are more uh, pretty negative. Yeah, kind of negative about it. But yeah. I completely disagree. I think this is a pretty satisfying. Like what we got, I feel very satisfied with, and I feel like it just ties the bow on yeah. on everything. I I think overall, it's a great two season arc because I know personally a lot of people are like, oh, I thought season one was fine and I didn't need any more story, but I really felt there was a lot more to tell, and this season certainly showed that there was. Um, and I think that it came to a pretty organic close. I, agree. I really like where, where things all ended up. And yeah, I have, there's a few plot threads that it kind of disappeared, but they're the ones that we don't really care about that much. Like what happened with Abigail and not going to college. We don't really get that touched on or anything, but that was kind of resolved pretty early on. Uh, right. Tori and Ed's uh, conversations that's kind of I mean it's tied up in a way it's not specifically said this is what happened here but you know we get our ideas but I think that's what happens in a show sometimes there's never going to be any times where a a show is great at this where they'll be able to be able to sow every single seed that they put and there are more like pressing things and I like that this especially as we got towards the end of the season that was all about ramping up to what we knew was going to be the big thing between, you know, Celeste and Mary Louise. And so like uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting is we touched on like the kids dealing with global warming at school and being Mm -hmm. terrified about that. But then we got away from all the school drama because it really wasn't about that. It it became more about this thing happened. Right. And to these women and the lives of the children, uh, are affected by the lives of their mothers and what's mm-hmm. going on with them. And some people might say that it's that's lazy storytelling of, you know, setting up things and not paying them off or giving too much attention to certain things that shouldn't have been. But, I mean, those detentions of early classroom things were still pretty early in the season where the idea of season one was still pretty fresh in our heads. Um, and I feel like this season really did have a great arc of becoming its own thing. It doesn't like, while yes, the ramifications of season one are clearly felt throughout constantly. They, um, it evolves into its own thing towards the end of the season, especially getting to focus on different characters that we didn't get as much in the, in the first season, you know, as a whole. Yeah. And a lot of like, those things seem to be more of it seemed to be like the school stuff was to set up here's kind of where we are now uh with kind of where everyone's at following the tragic event 
and right. then kind of setting up some other dominoes that are falling to kind of been as the season's kind of been a constant push of the lie being something that's a driving force pushing everyone forward but of all these other things that are happening in the characters lives that are pushing pushing them further and further to the edge right and that's what we kind of got at the end of this show was where do we go once you're at the edge yeah so. absolutely well let's dive on into this episode the final episode episode six season two i want to know taken from the credence clearwater revival uh song of have you ever seen the rain mm-hmm. you know uh great little great little song uh that everybody should know and if you don't um do you what live, are you even doing do you live under a rock bro <laughs> Uh, do you not know who CCR is? CCR, CCR man. is like my dad's favorite band, bro. Yeah, if I feel like if you know if you've had any exposure to any like seventies or like especially yeah. like a Vietnam based movie, yeah, or TV show or anything, you've heard the song. Have you ever seen the rain? Yeah, absolutely. Or or what's the other what's the other CCR song that you hear the like with the opening the oh i know I, I, yeah um uh, unfort- yeah unfortunate, uh, uh, son. fortunate son fortunate son yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it ain't me it ain't me yeah 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 um but for this episode guys we're gonna go uh moment by moment we've tried doing character by character the past few episodes and it works well but we think we figured for this you know just being the final one it's it's good to go because you got even yeah i mean if you go feel like it's easier to follow uh just moment by moment when it comes to a finale um because it all leads up to you know we're saying goodbye to the, all the characters yeah you know? so so how it all unfolds kind of gets put under i feel like more of a microscope absolutely yeah. absolutely so let's start let's start at the beginning when the curtain rises we get the final piece to the puzzle of the episode of the that the episodes have been placing for us mm-hmm. of all the perspectives of the incident with perry and we see the one who will be most uh impacted by it celeste um and it's a oh, man every time we see it it's it's one of those things it's we see it constantly but it still carries all the weight and they yeah. they still manage to be like dig that knife in just a little or should i say the rebar in just a little bit deeper mm. um you know and while it's quick it really is telling of the different characters and where they're at in these episodes um you know uh, we see celeste in this episode kind of get having having that last little bit of saying goodbye to perry um and we open the episode by her you know seeing actually truly saying goodbye to her husband who has now passed and we end it when this final montage she has a moment where she's looking at videos of him on her iPad and she kisses the screen and essentially saying and deletes the video saying, mm-hmm. you know, goodbye in another way, in a symbolic way. And you know, this kind of book ending of that is a very um I don't know, it, she it we get to see her reclaim her herself you know, through this episode, I think. Yeah. And that's what this season has been a lot of, um, you know, trying to beat down the physical manifestation of Perry's memory being in Mary Louise and um, create a life for herself in this world that 
was ran by him. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I, uh, yeah, Celeste definitely, um, yeah, because this whole season we've seen her dealing with this fallout and how it's, um, affected her life. And we've kind of seen Celeste as a bit more, uh, you know, it's Mary Louise that always refers to her as being like unraveled, and right. And I think, I think there's validity in that statement, uh, but I think she's just having a hard time, or she's trying to figure out how to process all yeah. of it. And I feel like she'll still be. I mean, mm-hmm. if you imagine, you know, in the like aftermath of this season, you would imagine Celeste is still processing it, of course. Right, right. But she's still going back to see. The dock and everything. Yeah, but she's still got some, but she's gaining some solid ground. Yeah, um, from all of what's going on. And her taking on the position of you know, uh, questioning Mary Louise is her kind. It's it's uh, it's a manifestation of her claiming that power, um, which is I mean some of the most times we've seen. Uh, we've only seen her, her in her element of being a, in a lawyer status twice in the show, um, once with everything that happened with Avenue Q and, you know, now. And each of those times we see a very different Celeste from what we see in the, um, I mean, not not different, but a different side of Celeste that we don't get to see a lot. And I think that from that moment, it, it was almost a reminder of, the power that she has inside of her that she might have forgotten was there. Yeah, kind of. And it's interesting how it's been Celeste taking a backseat almost, you know, trying to listen to what her lawyer is trying to say and trying to go along with that. But then finally she takes over the driver's seat because Mm -hmm. it's her life that she's fighting for here with her boys. So if it's that situation of if my life is on the line, mm-hmm. then I need to be able to go to bat for myself. Absolutely. And Absolutely. She takes that step and yeah, it's fascinating. It's wow. fascinating to watch when that happens. Man, we got all that from just the one moment. Yeah. It's just how great the show is, man. But anyways, from there, uh, we open, go to Celeste, uh, then looking through her iPad once again, a different moment from what I was talking about earlier. Uh, directly after the flashback and she finds the evidence of um, Perry abusing her uh, which we don't know at the time that that's what that is yeah it was interesting I remember like when we watched it looking around a little bit and being like what because it cuts immediately after that you see Celeste clearly disturbed by what she's seeing and I thought that it was just recording of Perry and Celeste having sex. Like, that's what I mm, thought it that's was. That's what I thought it, it was, too. Because it hurt. It sounded like moaning. And maybe it was. But I think it was just to say that, oh, gosh, on this laptop uh, or on this iPad, Perry and uh, the boys have seen more of what Perry and Celeste have done and what Perry was really doing to... Uh, to Celeste. It's because it's interesting that, you know, Dr. Amanda said all the time that the boys will know, that the boys do know more than you think. And right. Celeste was very outright in saying, no, they don't know. We keep it all hidden from them. 
And with things like that, what are we, we've been saying this the entire time, the kids know. The kids right. know. The kids, the kids are, are all knowing in this show. They really are. And some people might, I, I feel like some people might put that to a, a disservice about the show. Like, oh, these kids are being so prophetic all the time and speaking so much truth to these to their parents. But I feel like I, I mean, in my experience with my nephews, more often than not, they'll say some very um, astute things that I didn't even think about. And it's just because they have a they have a you know very open view of the world. It's yeah. not clouded by anything. Yeah, no filter, no bullshit. Like it's it's kids say what are what is on their mind. Right. So yeah. And while we may think that uh, the star kids of this season are Josh and Max, we do get a lovely moment from Ziggy and jane uh one of those one of these last ziggy jane moments who would who were they were pretty much the big rock of last season mm-hmm. and i really missed that that dynamic this this season we, we did get a lot of it but i don't know the, their relationship the moment we're talking about is when they're at the beach and ziggy's uh saying how they're talking about Corey and how ziggy sees that um jane really does have these feelings for Corey and she's kind of limiting herself or pushing him away and that Ziggy doesn't want that to happen and it's a very uh it's a great scene because he just wants what's best for his mom Mm -hmm. yeah in the same way that all of last season we saw Jane trying to do everything that was just the best possible thing for Ziggy now we see Ziggy just trying to say what he feels is the best thing for Mm -hmm. his mom yeah and then I love too that it ends with the two of them, with Jane just going like, last one down the hill is a rotten egg, and then they like just roll down the hill yeah. together. It's like a little fun thing that like, yeah, just shows that you know, no matter what, like it's all just about the love between the two of them. Right. Oh, it's so sweet. I'm gonna miss that. Um, so there we go to our first big shock moment of this episode, where everybody watching, it was Cass, Michael, and I, uh, literally, um, quite almost shat ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. when Bonnie takes over from her dad, uh, which great, uh, you mentioned this in the, ep- uh, when we were first watching great waking up acting. Yeah. That's a, yeah. that's a feat. It's and something you, that like you always like you would take for granted. I feel like you would take something yeah. like that for granted. Like, Oh, I was going to wake up. But it was like, if you fall yeah, asleep in the pretty, chair and you're not expecting genuine. it, you're like, Oh crap, I shouldn't be sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Anyways, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about his uh, incredible We're going sleep to acting. dissect his waking up <laughs> acting. So in the first trigger in event first of that was <laughs> uh, but no, we get uh, some alone time and Bonnie's saying, So you wanna go blah 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 blah. Oh my god. And she brings the pillow and over. She brings the pillow over. <laughs> as and soon as before. soon as she grabbed that pillow, everyone's like, No, no, please no, God, no, please. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it ends she she goes and we get a cut of her setting up the pillow and then we cut back to her dad being like oh i forgot my keys walks back in thank goodness they're just cuddling on the couch i mean on the hospital bed yeah oh my gosh oh wow like oh man and especially like we're already on edge when we see oh no 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 the pillow and then you think you're gonna get a breath because it's cutting to something else but then you see it's cutting to her dad and then you're like oh no not only is he gonna do but she's gonna get caught oh no oh no oh no it's like this whole like huge i was like i did not expect for this to happen because i was gonna say all right if this moment happens there's a season three yeah 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 you know what i mean 
Yeah, it sets up something that like we've got to deal with. Right. The yeah. I do feel very conflicted about the whole Bonnie's mom plot this episode um, because we like I said we we're going to talk moment by moment, but to fulfill this idea of what I want to say, I have to kind of talk about other things. But we she she wakes up at one moment in this uh in a few scenes pretty pretty soon after this moment and then she goes back and has another stroke which is which is true of real life that often happens Mm -hmm. where somebody will wake up and then they'll you know fall back in uh but i don't know i felt kind of this jerking like what are we doing here um whereas i felt like this her her mom was almost this manifestation of the pressure that she was feeling constantly throughout this season of guilt for Perry's death. Um, but I don't know. I, I felt this moment was, was a great moment and I was kind of just conf- not so much like mad, didn't ma- make me mad or enjoy the episode any less, but I was just a little confused at how or what the point of it all was. If that makes sense. Mm. I get that. I kind of, I I see the whole plot of what what kind of confused me in that same realm was I was wondering I was always under the impression and this is me just in my brain was always thinking that eventually Bonnie's mom is going to come too and they'll mm-hmm. be and she'll be fine. Right. Um but what I kind of failed to recognize and understand was that she's really on the decline. And, you know, thinking back on it, it's probably because of all the alcoholism, you know, eventually yeah, your brain true. can't take it or something like that. True. And, and like, if, you know, if your liver is failing and stuff like that, then that, you know, eventually your body's going to give out. And then I think that helps to push more of Bonnie. If her mom's really heading out the door, then she needs to do what she did last episode and, reconcile and kind of open up about these yeah. are things that I haven't that I've bottled up that I yeah. need to say. Yeah. I guess I, I'll buy that. Yeah. I'll buy it. But then once like, that's out in the open, now yeah. it's just I've said my piece and now it's all about kind of comfort to the end maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I do I do like this whole theme of acceptance uh that we get to experience with them in this in this in these last few episodes mm-hmm. um because i i think that it one it's it's telling of seeing different um perspectives of uh, an abuser and somebody who's been abused uh, or the victim i should say and how they can respond to that when the person is alive and still in their life with Bonnie's situation and when they're gone and taken from you um, and you don't get the opportunity to have that closure with the person there mm-hmm. with Celeste's situation and seeing those played against each other throughout the season has been pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But from there uh, we go to seeing this is kind of like the pre battle we're getting, we're getting all the, uh, engines revving before the, we go into the battle of the court. Right. Um, and we get to, where, where else do you get a, you no know, charged for your day charged for the battle than Starbucks? 
Yeah. You know, got to fuel up on that caffeine. Yeah. And you know, guys, if you go to Starbucks, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Fill in the promo BLR. (laughs) (laughs) Promo code Josh and Michael. (laughs) But um, we get some, some great, one of my favorite Renata lines in the show for sure. You judgy judger in this scene where where Mary Louise (laughs) uh, walks up on Renata getting her Americana. Um, And, Renata kind of acts as the audience, I feel like, in this scene. She's saying everything that we want to say to Mary Louise in yeah. this moment. Yeah, Laura Dern really does a wonderful job in that scene, just laying it all out there in terms of like what, really just kind of like responding to the moment when Mary Louise is there and right. when Mary Louise is like, how are we today? And how are we? Yeah. We are wrought. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things like if in like in those situations that I feel like we all can relate to where someone says something to you and you're so like out of your mind with either confusion or anger or either sadness or like a, such a high point of whatever feeling that you're feeling that you th- like you're trying to think of the word to describe Absolutely. it and you get like something weird like perturbed yeah you're like what? why did you, <laughs> you where did that come rot. from yeah yeah and, and then she uh we had this discussion beforehand where we i was of the camp that how did mary louise know about the whole nanny situation with renata um and you think that she was just making a general statement right um, and renata took it I'm very interested to hear what other people think too. I mean, obviously we can't hear now in this moment. Yeah, there's no call in. There's no call in portion, which that would be pretty dope. That would be could. sweet. It'd be pretty cool. Actually, yeah, but alas, can't do that. Um, but this this getting you know setting Renata off with that. Uh, thankfully there were no other hearings to go because I feel like Mary Louise just needs to be like she has bad friends too. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, which is not true. But set up everything. Yeah, because it. Yeah, this. I'm glad that this case didn't try to like, or this season didn't try to unpack, like everyone else being on the stand. It would have kind of yeah. dragged on. Oh, like, I, yes, it, it would have absolutely dragged on. Absolutely. And, but it it is interesting that, um, we get a lot of powerful. You know what I appreciate about Laura Dern in this season is she makes the absolute most of all of her moments. Like she really does. Renata, she absolutely does. Renata is such a, like, is she is such a pivotal point of this season. And like, we get so much about her character in this season, but we really don't spend as nearly as much time with Renata as we do with like Madeline or Celeste or even right. Bonnie in this season. And, uh, it speaks to Laura Dern as an actress that you get this, this little window to really mm-hmm. develop what's going on in your arc and she really makes the most of it she she does i mean she's i'd say of uh, she's probably the, the standout for me this season um i mean people i mean i think meryl streep obviously is she's meryl streep meryl streep <laughs> but i didn't expect this arc for caring for renata if you had told me that when i sat down and watched episode one of season one that I, Renata would be, you know, part of the gang and we all would love her, I would call you, like, batshit crazy. <laughs> Even though I probably shouldn't because I've seen many other great shows that are able to do that with characters. Right. Um, but it 
she i think a large reason why we still care about renata this late in the game is laura dern's performance Mm -hmm. and bringing the the gravity of how she experiences things to the um you know to the forefront but uh we should probably we're already almost halfway through this episode we should probably get clicking a little (laughs) bit more um so we get some you know we get some locker room talk from the lawyers uh and then we right before we get into this court we get a very important flashback where we see the car crash that mary louise had with raymond and perry Mm -hmm. where raymond died um and this is me we we had theories about maybe perry killing his brother in an accident or something like that but having the crash be a cause I think is a very, um, and, and we get into this more during the court court scene, this episode's court scene. Um, but I think that it, it, that's one more realistic, less dramatic. I mean, it is, this is a heightened soap opera, heightened quality soap opera. I mean, let's be honest. Right. But um, I feel like that could have been a little too far if they had done that. But then we get mm. to the actual court scene. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, they did not let down. Yeah, on it, like there, it's interesting to think about. Um, uh, the, it's funny. Uh, shout out to Dale McFadden. I'm about to reference Dale McFadden here. Uh, Dale McFadden would always say, uh, when he's looking at like directing something, that he's always interested in seeing what the shortest scene in a play is and what the longest scene in a play is. Interesting. Yeah. And it's really interesting to look at the longest scene in this episode is by far this court scene and how right. dynamic that is. Why is this scene the longest scene? It's because this is the moment we've all been with. It's the it's, climax. It's the climax. It is. It's the battle for, it's the battle for Celeste life. Right. And one thing that I like about it is that we don't wait until the end of the, ep- like, you know, two thirds of the episode to get to it. They just jump right in. Cause we know we we've had all the setup. We don't need any more this is the moment and there's plenty of stuff that we need to tie up regardless other than that right you know and yes you could argue that the moment of them actually saying what the results are is the climax but this is the this is the the moment of you know all bets are off Mm -hmm. this could sway the decision for the children yeah i mean we would like if you want to say that the decision is the climax we don't get that climax we don't get the 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 tension and the conflict that's within that moment until we get this scene that really puts the icing right. on the cake. And there's some great, uh, I mean, let's be honest, the, the acting in this scene, I mean, it is some of the best you'll ever see Two heavyweights going at it. And, yeah. but the, the one thing that I love seeing is that this is the moment where we begin to see Mary Louise lose steam and really revert back to a lot of her um, defenses that she's been bringing up and seeing how shallow they really are in this scene. Uh, I mean, and we get the big turn, I feel like, once Celeste says all it takes is once um, and brings up the car accident. And that's where I feel we get a very big shift in power between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of it. You kind of see Celeste is kind. Of, it seems like she's very much 
pulling out all of like the singular points that Mary Louise's case is built on. Mm-hmm. Like it's very much built on the fact that she's been having all of these like sexual adventures. She was physical with it. She struck me and she shoved Max. Right. And so that's what, and she, Celeste immediately calls point to that happened once. Like the pushing Max happened once striking you happened once. And then she immediately goes into the, complete other side of this and that's where we see mary louise i feel like start to unravel is the fact that there's more to this than just her kind of tunnel vision mm-hmm. on this one Absolutely. cause as to why mary or why she should take possession of the boys and celeste shouldn't right and the way that celeste you know navigates questioning her about the event of raymond's death it, we we were talking about this when we were re, when we were rewatching it. The level of respect that the two have for each other uh, creates a very interesting dynamic. Because I feel like in a lot of court cases in uh, you know film and TV that we see, it's a very much good versus evil, people versus O.J. Simpson. We we know, I mean we don't know, but we know O.J. did it, and. Uh, we you know or a few good men uh tom cruise is in the right you know uh to kill a mockingbird like all these examples of good versus evil but we rarely get like court cases where the two have both have validity and are both coming from a place of true caring for um one ultimate goal which they're both fighting for in their own way and it creates a very interesting and layered battle, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the thing that a lot of times in these things that you're talking, like the examples you gave, is sometimes we miss uh, the care. And there needs to be, I mean, any, you know, to all, like, my beginning acting students, we talk about, you know, where is the love in the scene? And... It, you need to have that care there needs to be a care and you have to actually you have to actually care about what's going on but you have to care about the people involved in some way too we -hmm. don't watch something because we want to see someone not caring about what's going on or not caring about the other person and the fact that these two people obviously there is love between celeste and mary louise we can tell that there's that they really do care and appreciate the other person. That it's not simply about malice or trying to destroy the other person's character. Mm-hmm. It's about fighting for what is most important to them, mm-hmm. which is for them the well-being of the boys. And that care that's between them adds so much more than just what could turn into eventually just steamrolling over to get right. your point across. Right it really sets it back that you have to be listening and be really taking in what the other person is saying to you. So that way you can actually allow what's happening to affect you. That it's not just coming from someone that you hate, right? That the things that you're getting from the other person is coming from someone that you care about. And that gives you all the fuel in the world to work on. And there's another thing that I think is a, 
kind of an underlying, it's never uh, implicitly said, but this is something that I took from it, uh, a theme of this, the old way of thinking versus this new way of thinking in in many things. This specifically comes up when we start talking about um, uh, Perry's abuse again, and uh, Mary Louise is trying to, you know, she says, he's the real victim here, you're trying to assassinate his memory, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, trying to preserve the view of her son that she has. Um, she also mentions, you know, uh, we didn't, um, uh, what's the, she, we didn't like send our children out for, um, we're just talking about therapy. Yeah, for, we didn't like outsource. Or, we didn't outsource our children's pain. That's pain. what it was. And it's kind of been this battle that I've seen underlying of, you know, I feel like we, we see a lot of people who are tend to be older and let's say like, you know, 50 and over who have who have a little bit of a hard time getting behind you know the idea of i'm not gonna like uh like therapy is a big one uh you know going and talking about how you how you're feel working through your pain that you experience um you know uh political correctness could be another um you know certain things that the older generation might see as trivial but then uh, Celeste comes out with this big hammer of showing the evidence of Perry abusing her and beating her and this realization of the reality of, the, of, of well, if I'm going with this underlying theme of the power of things that you say and how you treat people um, do have an effect on them, this kind of coming to terms with this older generation coming to terms with that, that they can't always be as blasé about um, things as they used to be, um, I feel like is it is an underlying tone that might have been perpetrating throughout this season, but that might just be me. No, I mean it. It makes sense. I mean, Mary Louise's entire season is stuck in her ways about no, this is who Perry is, and this is who, you know, this is who he was. This is who this is the son that I raised, and I mean, you can understand why she would be set in her ways in that way, um, because not only is it about you know, not just her values, but it's her son. It's her right. child who has passed. Who's, who's yeah. now? Now she she has a beginning to end. This was my time with this person. Yeah, and I I like that she brings that up. That we see Mary Louise say that is like the that she says that he's not here to defend himself. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's such a driving thing. I feel like if if Meryl Streep was given the script. Um, in advance of like all the episodes so she could see what the arc of her character was. I feel like that would be something to hold on to. Like mm-hmm. he's not here to defend himself. Like if, right. I, if I'm not fighting for him and his character who is, yeah, you know, and it's that, that I think is important. And we talked about how I'm, I'm glad that it's not about how that this didn't turn into how evil Mary Louise was. Right. It's just pointing out the, that there are, other flaws that people have and it's not so black and white Absolutely. as Mary Louise like if someone's stuck in their way sometimes you see it as like black and white and don't see the gray yeah. area and things yeah. uh, but from there in response to this this case of Celeste questioning and revealing this footage uh, we get some great scenes between Madeline and Celeste they've been our anchors through this show and we get to, I mean, one happens later in the episode, but I want to just pair these two just because they're both, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, the first being in the car directly after where Madeline's like, I should have seen it. And the, I can't believe that you were going through this. Like, 
Um, and we, we, we've kind of had this conversation before in the car, but this time you sense the, the gravity of it. I mean, yeah, we, uh, Madeline has said to her, I didn't realize this is what Perry was doing to you. I should have been there for you. But actually seeing it is a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this scene between them, I feel like really sold that. And where seeing a repeated version of the same scene when that moment where they said that was in the car too after another moment in court and where seeing that same scene over again could be like deja vu or boring or bad lazy writing um it's really not because we get to see it through a different lens yeah and we see all with an interesting thing if you're looking at like how it's how the show is edited we see the reactions of the rest of the monterey five when that video is being played yeah like you see the disgust on everybody's face and like the mm-hmm. shock just yeah see it's it's and throughout that, is, whole, throughout that whole court case right because yeah. it is it's one thing to hear about things but it's another thing to see it it's another thing to like experience what's going on and granted i'm not saying that they've like experienced what celeste's experienced but like they've they're they're seeing this violence for themselves right, right. they're seeing the pure like something that probably they can't even imagine right it's being shown to yeah. them and then in uh in bonnie's situation she has experienced this to a degree right and having to relive that trauma you know once again even a- even after having you know kind of had some closure with her mother last episode that's still gonna have some effect and we see that too mm-hmm. um but then later on they have a scene where the boys are all playing in inside and and chloe are playing and they're sitting there talking about the lie madeline's saying like i brought us to this point i put us in this place you know and celeste saying no uh but let's be honest you know if if it weren't for the lie the monterey five whatever we call ourselves it wouldn't be here the friendship is the lie and it you kind of see this reaction on Madeline's face. It's it's challenging to her. Mm-hmm. And it might be one of those moments, or at least this is, excuse me, guys, this is the way that I took it, was that Madeline may have thought that before, but having somebody come to her with a thought as well might wake her up a little, not wake her up, but um, give a little bit of a shock. Because, I mean, I know I've had moments like that. Or someone says what you've been thinking all along and you're like oh wow yeah i just need to be validated mm-hmm. yeah and i think that um just getting at least one more moment to sit with these two who we start the show with mm-hmm. and are um you know coming to a close with i'm glad that we got to have some moments like this some real honest genuine moments with those two right and i I appreciate the fact that, you know, the there's so much I feel like that's within that statement. Like, the friendship is the lie. I feel like all of them were brought together, in a sense, because of the lie. We knew that Jane and Celeste and uh, Madeline were together, in a way. Mm-hmm. Bonnie was kind of on the outside of that in season one. Renata was definitely on the outside of that in season one. Um, but from that they've developed this support so yes the lie is kind of the basis but we've moved now to um 
the support of one another and the fact that they're all going through this struggle together that I feel like is really what defines the friendship because the lie could have torn them apart. Right. The lie could have originally been the thing to, to push them either farther apart. Cause I mean, leading up to that, they were not, none of them were friends. None of them were connected in any way. I mean, well, I mean the three were, uh, but Mm. you know, Bonnie and Renata were, they were at odds with each other. But at the same time, you know, like as much as we want to say like, Oh, it's not about the lie. Like, don't like, don't do that. Like it's, it's thing about like comforting, you know, we're trying to say, Oh, don't think about it like that. I don't think about the lie like that, but it, it is, it's the lie. It is. It is. We would not be in this position if it was not for the lie. Mm Mm-hmm. But then we get the runner-up of the runner-up shot of the episode uh, for me in this wonderful shot of the ed- of um, Jane and Corey at the aquarium mm-hmm. where they get to kind of mend, mend their relationship. Uh, which I have a question for you. Okay. What do you think of Corey going getting questioned by the police now that everything is tied up? Do you think it was necessary to have that, or do you think that it was? just a veiled grasp at a shock see you next week moment um i feel i i will say that i appreciate that moment only because it pushes it's a way that i feel like pushes jane to the same brink as the other where the the other characters Uh, are at too i know what you mean because we really i was thinking about this as we've been talking about it jane this season has she's got plenty of stuff that's going on but jane has really taken a back seat Mm -hmm. we got plenty of jane in season one but now she's really taken a back seat and um because of that I feel like we needed something like that in order to put her at this position where something was starting to solidify yeah. and then that kind of got shot and then now we're kind of trying to put it all back together. But like the yeah. fact that it was shot would, you know, something like that, you know, would leave someone, has to leave someone in a space of who do I trust and where do I go? And, right. you know, I, I open myself up and yet this, I get hurt in a different way Mm -hmm. and so i appreciate that that moment was in there because otherwise yeah otherwise we're in this moment where we know that she's got a struggle where she can't be open with Corey. but the reason that she can't be open with Corey, or like fully intimate with Corey, isn't really because she isn't sharing everything right it's more just because she's dealing with something that's traumatic but this that kind of thing throws a complete wrench into everything that i feel like would like I keep using the analogy of pushing everybody to the edge. I feel like that kind of pushes her a little yeah. bit further. You, you sold me. You sold because I was, I was on the other side of the fence mm. after watching this episode and being like, okay, that was a, just attention grab. I can but understand that. Seeing it from that perspective, that, like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. But honestly, it yeah. could, it it could very well be that they like threw that in there as a wrench. Yeah. But they knew that they could do that because someone would see that and be like, Oh, well it like pushes it. Cause it pushes this. Right. You know? So like maybe they're, maybe the writers like, or the people that are putting on the show are just like throw that in. And as like, a, Oh, like another twist. Yeah. But we, as the audience are so wrapped up in the show that we're like, Oh yeah, it's still, it's still good. Yeah. Hey, there is, there is something to be said about, you know, getting to find, I mean, there are moments like that, but using a moment like that, 
which it very may very well have been to just grab the attention but it still can be tied back and rooted to you know this makes sense for this character and for this thing to happen it makes sense for the detective to have approached him trying to get more information about things you know like it all pans out whether it may be to you know keep the audience coming back next week or not it still pans out that that would make sense that'd be something that would happen in this universe which i which is something that i like and it shows of a good show um from there we get mary louise coming to the house oh and this is very scary yeah yeah we we all seized up i literally i literally grabbed your shoulder and did not let go for the whole scene (laughs) because it was it was freaky because we got the scene of celeste talking to max and josh about the case or like how court was today and then all of a sudden you see mary louise coming up to the door and like you have no idea where that could go or how that could set things off yeah yeah, but and you and you get so nervous about things happening in front of the kids. You really do. Yeah, that's and that's that's a lie. great that's a great testament to the show of the the stakes of things about you feel the weight of ramifications that kids will have of experiences they have when they're young. Right. Because I mean, we can all relate to that. We can mm-hmm. all relate to certain things, you know, having striking certain chords with us. But uh, in that scene. I, I, I think the, the the ending line before Celeste closes the door is the most powerful point of that line of you lost your sons, you don't get to take mine. And that, I feel like, sums up the whole entire, like, beef between Celeste and Mary Louise. Right. She, yeah, this, uh, Mary Louise definitely seems pretty unraveled at that moment because hasn't she always been unraveled let's be honest yeah i mean (laughs) but in this you can tell that she feels like she's i feel like it comes from a place where maybe mary louise feels like she's lost ground and she's losing absolutely so she and i don't think mary louise has felt in that position at all um throughout the season and now she's at that point because she's saying don't lie you know don't lie about this stuff and you know i've raised perry to be a good boy and all these Mm. things and and, it, and it, this episode leaves the door open in terms of did Mary Louise um, really abuse Perry or was Perry exaggerating that stuff? Yeah. Because and even though we see in the flashback Mary Louise saying to little boy Perry, why did you distract me? This is your fault. Like she says those things in right. the flashback. Right. So you'd think as an audience member you'd that you'd believe that, but mm-hmm. you get a you get a case here of Perry is is he an unreliable narrator in that right. sense? Right, and I do think that there's something to say about abusers don't just happen; they're created. Right. Um, and yeah, I think it's very fair that Mary Louise could have never physically abused Perry, but that emotional abuse could very well have led that to happen. Um, I I. And but like you said, that's it, it's up in the air. We we won't ever really get the answers, and I think that that that's totally fine. I I think that's one of those things that by getting to rewatch and dive more into what we think about the show, we get to make our own assumptions about. Um, mm. Yeah, man, it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. Mary Louise is a tragic character. Yeah, she's tragic as fuck. Oh, well, from there, we get to, ooh, ooh, 
Ooh, ooh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Are about to say what I, what I yes. think you're about to say? Yes. Do you want to say it? Is it the scene that we've all been waiting for with our dear friends, Madeline and Ed? Well, yes. Why, yes, it is. Perfect. Ah, uh, this uh, scene makes everything, every like bit of turmoil and pain that you've felt throughout this show, uh, this scene makes it all worth it. It's so, so, so damn good. And Adam Scott, man, we were saying he deserves an, an Emmy nom for this Absolutely. season. Absolutely. Because he has... He has had to deal with a lot this season. Like like a lot of the actors in this show, they've all had to deal with a lot. And they deal with it realistically and believably and justifiably. And a lot of it for Ed from a distance, too. Because mm-hmm. he's trying to be as closed off as possible. It, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to start to kind of set it up how we... The first time that we really get our little tiny glimpse is Ed doing this, like, boxing or mm-hmm. punching bag thing to kind of relieve stress and Abby and Chloe have a nice little scene where Chloe says that they're going to get divorced and Abby says no and she says well he seems mad and Abby says well that must mean he loves her right and that's True. that's a good little scene there yeah. but then we see Ed again at the punching bag yet again and then Madeline is wondering you know is that me we need to talk like I have no idea what's going on we've had right. these nice moments when you talk about what's going on and then Honestly, I was thinking about this. Like, this is a great little monologue that Adam Scott gives about, like, mm-hmm. and there are little interjections of Madeline, like, giving affirmation to things that he's saying. Right. But really just about, it's it starts off and you get that dark feeling in the pit of your stomach because Ed's saying that he's thinking about the wedding and they're thinking about that day and how they were in over their heads. They were and fools. How, yeah, and how that you can't understand the scope of your vows when you first take them. You don't know the the grandiose nature of marriage. Yeah. And then especially when he said that he's changed, they've changed, you're not we're like we're not the same people. Mm-hmm. Uh that was like, Oh God, it's over. As, it's over. I was like, He's not leaving for Tori, please no. Oh God, no. That would have been so like that would have ruined this ep like ruined this show for me. I, I oh like. I agree. It would have I ruined agree. everything. Yeah. But But thankfully he no, he does not say that. He says, we need to review, renew our vows. After, like, just enough of a long pause. Mm-hmm. You know, not too not long. Not too much, not too dramatic. Yeah. But, and, yeah, when that happened, we were, like, we were j- jumping for joy, like, yeah. shouting about how excited we were. Like, oh, man. That was awesome, it, just to hear that. And then Chloe brings it in with the song of the week for us, another Leon Bridges song. And this one's called, That Was Yesterday. Yeah. Saying goodbye to their woes of the past and looking on to a brighter tomorrow. Yeah, and it's a really, like, it's a nice touch by the people who put together this show that in at the end of um, episode two of season one, we get Madeline talking to Ed about, well, I heard that you were going to beat up Nathan, and he said no, and he's talking about the situation, and he says, basically we left that at, Nathan has Bonnie's back and I have your back. And then Madeline reaffirms and says that you are my person. Mm-hmm. And then we get River by Leon Bridges coming yep. in and bringing that all together. And Chloe's the one, of course, that's playing that. 
and then to tie it again with another Leon Bridges song and especially mm-hmm. one that's about remembering like never forget like even after a long day even after hardship remembering who you are and remembering yeah. where you came from yeah um, and the fact that not only is that song playing but at a time where they're talking about vows remembering this mm. oath and these vows that you're taking with one another yeah. and so they're going to renew those together and the fact that Ed says, no big party, it's me, you, Abigail, Chloe. Family. Family. That's beautiful. Yeah. It was, it, it really sealed the deal for this seat. Like, just, we've had, we've had some bumps in the road with how we like delivery of their troubles this season, but this made it all worth it. Mm-hmm. It was very beautifully put together and extremely well acted on both parts. Um, Man. I'm gonna have that song stuck in my head for a long time. It's a great song. I recommend everybody check it out. That was Absolutely. yesterday by Leon Bridges. It's yeah, it's that very was like they talked about in a Billboard article when they uh, were asking him about because I guess Big Little Liars reached out to him and asked for a song for that moment or like for the show um, after the success of River and the one episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and Leon Bridges, I guess, chose this song because it has a very similar quality or either that or like they asked him why big little eyes picked this song and he was explaining that he felt like it was because of the stripped down nature of it just like river is right um that's dealing something with so powerful and yet is dealing with it without any fluff you know absolutely oh and then we move on to my real shot of the week from there uh and this is prior to the court scene bonnie uh her mom we had a moment where she went back and she woke up, but she went right back into relapse, like I mentioned earlier in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bonnie's with her uh, at the hospital. Her dad's in a lot of pain, saying she's too young for this. All these, all these crazy things. And Bonnie's getting these flashes of her and her mom, her mom carrying her on her back, walking across next to the ocean. And uh, I don't, I don't know what it. it why it hit me so hard but one composition wise it it's just stunning there's with the grayed out sky and the um teal sea and the, the very colorless sand against their uh, vibrant clothes creates for an incredible composition and i it, it also is a great tell of you know this this kind of theme of moving on there once they're they're walking uh you know while they're this shot is going on uh so we're giving this subconscious feeling of progression you know this moving on from abuse and letting go of your past and remembering the moments of of good that came from these relationships but still being able to recognize the turmoil that you experienced and process that and i think it's uh, it's it's just it's so powerful and in bonnie's arc i think well as much as renato was a big standout for me i think as far as arcs go of this season bonnie's it, i i think is unparalleled yeah. um and this is a really beautiful way to close it out um before we get to the end of the you know the big ending yeah and I, I appreciate, too, the how 
Big Little Lies sticks to certain things that are reoccurring but serve many purposes throughout the show. And I feel like the use of water yeah. is one of those things. Because we see it in every preview and every like little bit of in-between moment. Like we get shots of seagulls flying over the ocean mm-hmm. or we get waves crashing against the rocks to show turmoil and we also get like the settling of the water for ease mm-hmm. but we also get moments of because i was this randomly was a thought that i was having about how we see a lot of shots of nicole of celeste taking showers mm. have you ever thought about that yeah the course like of this the show? We get trying a, to purify yourself. yeah trying to clean yourself off using water as like a cleansing yeah. thing to try to remove like the stain of something. Yeah. I think wow. that's a very telling thing too. Yeah. And even Madeline has her moments where she talks, she has like a whole little bit talking to Chloe about, you know, the mysteriousness of the ocean and what could be there. And it's mm-hmm. how big it is and right. Everything like that. So, yeah. And then we get into the, what we could say the big finale of this, of this thing of, uh, the, the court truly deciding that it, Celeste is going to take custody of the kids. Yep. Um, and Mary Louise tries standing up and, and doing something before the, the judge gives her ruling, her sentence. Would it be ruling? Ruling in this case, because it's not like a yeah, she's sentencing. Yeah, not sentencing or anything. Yeah. Um, and, and at this point, you're like, Mary Louise, you're already lost. Like, sit down. And the fact that she's like she's airing out everything that's already been talked about in front of Max and Josh mm-hmm. makes yeah. that so uncomfortable. I hated every minute of that. Me too. Yeah, it's and it makes it makes sense that she would stand up. And, and some people it's might Mary freaking Louise. Yeah, some people might be up. like, "We didn't need that." Blah blah blah. They should have just told it. But I mean, it makes sense that Mary Louise would stand up and try and give one last. Yeah, I'd hurrah. be surprised if she didn't do that. Yeah, you know, like. We've we've seen she spoke up at the initial like, uh, what 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 would you call that when they were first meeting with the judge to talk about the fact that there was going to be a case. Right. She spoke out of turn, and how this she's speaking again out of turn. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing that um, uh, the the judge says going forward, uh, this journey for the boys and raising them to be right is going to be very tough, and I'm not going to add to that by taking them away from their mother and the home they've always known. But we, one thing that I love about this show is that we've, we saw that the road is going to be tough still in this episode. Uh, just that the boys are getting custody and the night prior, um, Josh and Max are asking their mom how, um, the, the court went and she's like, Oh, it was, it was fine. Blah, blah, blah. I asked her, I, I think I did a good job of, defending you boys etc etc and he's like did you beat her up and she's like no no why would i ever do that and it just goes to show that they're still going to be fighting this inherent violence that's in these boys yeah for many years to come that's something that i i cannot even fathom what that must be like how you approach navigating like even discussing the because now you understand that the boys know right so you as, as a parent, you, I feel like you would have to, you have to address what the boys have seen and explain to them how the example of your dad is not okay. Like what he did to me was not okay. Right. And 
So like this violence is not okay. Yeah. Yeah, and um, well, we'll get into things about future stuff if that's ever a possibility at the towards the end. We'll get there. But we're we're winding down here. Uh, We we get another bounce back to the hospital after uh, Bonnie's mom went back in um, to another stroke, and. we have this incredible moment with Bonnie and Nathan. One of the best acting moments from Nathan and her we've seen. And Nathan I'd, doesn't say, say doesn't a thing. Doesn't say a thing. And that's that's, that's great acting. Moment. That's yeah. great acting when she tells him that she does, never loved him. Mm-hmm. And it's all in the eyes between these two. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, man, there's not much else to be said about it. It's but. interesting that even in like the lighting in that scene, Bonnie is very much in shadow and Nathan mm-hmm. is very much in light. Mm-hmm. And as I was saying, it brings out those baby blues. Those baby Nathan. freaking blues. But yeah, just yeah, that that ball drops and yeah. I I'm glad that Nathan didn't say anything. I'm glad that there was no dialogue for him. That he just yeah takes it in and leaves. Because I mean, he he's done a lot of talking this season, That's true. and finally getting a moment where she is opening to up to him, telling him what's telling him the truth. We, we all thought that she was going to say, I killed Perry Mason. Um, or Perry Wright. Sorry, not Perry Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Perry Ma- what? <laughs> I, it was, it's funny. When you said Perry Mason, I was right there with you no, until you were like, no way. And I was like, oh, wait, no, it's not <laughs> Perry Mason. <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, this that probably was at the core of as well as something that she'd been feeling feeling like maybe maybe if she had loved Nathan, she would have been able to tell him. Mm. Maybe that's a question that she had been asking herself this whole time. And then it helped her realize that. Um, and it makes you wonder, what was... How, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Which was she struggling with more in her mind? Yeah, I think or was it just the amalgamation? I mean, probably it's going to be the amalgamation of everything. But yeah, I think it's the like complacency that she's had uh, throughout yeah. her life. Yeah, that's a good word um, for it. As a way to cope with what she dealt with with her mom. Yeah, um, makes me wonder how much Nathan really knows about any of that, or if yeah. Bonnie really. I would imagine Bonnie kept all of that to herself. Yeah, and that's why like shedding that to her mother allowed her to speak up for herself and to be more of her own person. Yeah. Just like we see with Celeste being, I'm stepping up, I'm taking the reins and controlling my life. Bonnie's doing the same. And not only do we see it with them, we see it with, uh, Renata too. Oh yeah. Yeah. She gets, Oh yeah, we do. She gets home from court and she hears somebody dicking around in the room and she walks in on Gordon playing with his toys. We stupid find out that trains. he got paid to keep his toys. And stupid he says the most dickish line of, well, hey, now that she's gone, I have some. I have to have something to play with. And we get the moment that we've all been waiting for that we didn't know that we needed. Renata just losing her shit, 
smashing all of this stuff and we i love because we all like looked at each other after he said that and we're like smash it smash it smash yeah, it we're smash, <laughs> smash, smash, yeah, grab the bat do, yeah, it, do, do it, it do it and it's interesting because we've gotten so many moments of renata definitely screaming out at gordon yeah and it's interesting that it all ends with the line of maybe you should have respected a woman or respected this woman or something like that. Um, Because it makes you think about how in all of these moments that Renata has lashed out at Gordon, she's been, uh, she's really been like, she hasn't been heard. She hasn't been listened to by Gordon. Yeah. And it's like, if you're not going to listen to me, then I'm taking again, the matters into my own hands and I am, or should we say the batters? <laughs> the batters. Uh, yeah, yeah. Man. But, yeah, so that was a very, very much a needed moment to cap off. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting that we're like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. Hell and, yeah, smash and, that. And she ends it with no more bullshit, no more lies. Mm-hmm. And that leads us into the final montage of this, of this season where we get Madeline and Ed taking their vows with Abigail and... Um, uh, Chloe. Chloe, thank you. Uh, we get to see Mary Louise uh, dipping out, going home, uh, going back to San Francisco. Um, and she, we have a, also, I noticed the second time I was watching it through, she takes a long look at the back seat. Yeah. And man, this got me even. Turn the knife, twist it a little bit to the left. Uh, we get Celeste with the boys. Uh, with all three of them chilling out flashbacks of her and the Perry having a great time. We get Renata and Amabella saying that we're going to get through this. A lot of great moments with the kids in the, in this montage. Mm-hmm. Celeste really saying goodbye to Perry. Like we mentioned earlier in the episode of right. her deleting the video, the final videos that we had. Um, and then we end with the big, well, don't we get, is proclamation. there, in there, don't we get Jane with Corey? Too? Oh yes, we get Jane and Corey dancing. Yeah. Oh wow. I, didn't, actually, like, I thought I. Oh wow. I didn't write that down in my notes. Jane and Corey. Oh yes, I did. I just skipped over it. My Jane bad. and Corey actually like being intimate. Yeah. With one another, which is very, which is extremely important to her arc. One people have always always been like, I don't think that she needs to have a relationship this season mm-hmm. and i was kind of in that camp too until this moment because i was realizing oh this wasn't about her getting a relationship it's about her feeling healed of her trauma or at yeah. least healed enough to where she can be intimate yeah, no, and, I, and be open to somebody again i agree yeah, i was i was completely on that camp as well that like i I initially was completely against the fact that I didn't like that she was getting involved with someone else. I liked her strength being on her own, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's one thing to be able to be strong on your own, but it, it's, you know, a human need. Like you want to be loved. You want to be able to be open with someone that you have a connection with, especially right. if you find that kind of connection. So I, I, it, I appreciate that that Me too. was in there. Me yeah. too. And thank you for uh, reminding me that I did not mean to skip over that. It's all good. Um, and then we end with throughout this we get Bonnie um, saying goodbye to Sky, shooting texts to the group of saying, "Hey, I," which which I'm guessing is she she's saying, "I can't take it anymore. I'm going to go to the police and tell them." Um, and uh, you know, 
um, her dad and Nathan being like, let us take you. Come on. Um, and she rolls up and we get flashes of her seeing a vision that she saw from her mom of these two like lights. And we realize that it's, it was the vision was the headlights of her friends coming to join her. Mm-hmm. And we can only assume that the response to the, to that text was no, fuck that. We're all going, right. We're not doing this alone. Yeah. And we got what we wished the Monterey five stayed together. Yeah. And I think that is crude. Like I, I'm so glad that that is where we cap it all off. All five of them going into the police station mm-hmm. together. Um, yeah, I think that's the perfect way to, to cap it all off. Yeah, and I'm could, glad that we're not getting more into it. I'm mm-hmm. glad that like we're leaving it at that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved that. The, the support is the, the thing that we end on the note that I think the showrunners want everybody to take from this show is that we need each other to support each other to get through our trauma, to get through future trauma. And the only way that we can overcome the obstacles that we have in front of us are by uniting and doing things together, you know, despite our incredible differences. And in this case, maybe petty in the first episode that we see of season one. Now they've come full, you know, full turn. Yeah. Man. Oh, wow. What a brilliant show this was. It really wasn't crazy. I mean, I am perfectly happy with this being the end of the story. I am too. I, you know, I, at, at this point, I don't know where, cause it, it feels weird that at this point, if you were to do a season three, you'd have to like really pull something out. Yeah. And you'd have to spend some time, I feel like, setting up this random conflict. And I don't think with where we end with everybody, with with all the other characters and where they're at, I don't think there's any one thing that stands out as being like a huge point, a, a big enough point of a conflict. That warrants that another. warrants yeah. another season and like unites all the stories as well. Right. Like the death of Perry in the beginning of season one is the thing that like unites everything and pushes everything forward. And even with this, the fallout of that is what we're dealing with. But then we're also seeing like how, and a lot of it is the detective. Yeah. The detective is the thing that's kind of pushing a lot of this season, even though she's not really doing any, she's, she's the presence that's looming, that's keeping the lie fresh and keeping everything moving forward. But now if they're confessing to that, there's no real big thing. Yeah. That could be them. Well, yeah, I think the only way that I would be down for a season three Give it like six, seven years, maybe ten, and just be like, "What?" Because I, because I would love to see more of these characters. That's the, that's it. I mean, I love the characters. Yeah, the situations are crazy, but the real reason why I come back is because I care about Jane. I care about Bonnie. I, I want to see another Renata freak out. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I would love to see where all these people are at in 10 years having seen that. And I think that could be something that could be well mined. And if they wanted to revisit it, I would be completely open to that. But, and the kids too, and the kids too, there's plenty, like how do Josh and the boy, Josh, Max and Ziggy, you know, grow up. Yeah. It's very interesting. But if this is it, I am 100% satisfied. Same here. 
and it really yeah. tied the bow. Yeah, yeah. I like like I said, I would only be mad if they went into a season three right off the cusp, just with what we have now. Um, because well, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, yeah. What do they do? Are some of them yeah. in jail, or are they all in jail? Mary Louise wouldn't be coming back. Yeah, there's no way. Like, I don't know. Yeah, there just doesn't seem to be enough to warrant a, a season three. Yeah. Well, shoot. I think that we have to be pulling into the garage now, guys. We've gotten, <laughs> we've been driving along the co- coast with you otters in the back seat, seeing Monterey. Now, mm. the garage door is closing. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. It this is has been crazy. a trip. Yeah. But this is not the end. We are going to find another show, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. That we want to, that we would love to do another review, um, recap show of. Be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. On our Instagrams. We're going to th- uh, brainstorm some shows. Yeah. And then we'll put polls up. And we want to hear from y'all. If y'all are listening and be like, you should do this show. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. We'll see what happens. But uh, do you have any final words of thanks? Uh, yeah. I mean, thank you to everyone who, I mean, if you're listening that you took the time out to listen yeah, for I mean, real. We, like, again, we, <laughs> again, I hope that you can just appreciate that, you know, we're just two huge fans of the show and we just want to talk about how much we love this show. Yeah. Um, you know, as, <laughs> as we said too, straight white dudes yep. just talking about the struggles of these women and everything. But, you know, <laughs> and hopefully we're not like, you know, I, I'm, I don't haul. I hope that we're not, you don't feel like we're trying to like mansplain anything. Cause I yeah. don't feel like we're trying to do that. We're just are we're, trying to just talk about how much we love this show. Yeah. Cause that's really what it is. And we how just, invested we are yeah. in everything. Yeah. I mean the, this show, it's truly one of my favorites. It's, it's, it's one of my favorites to binge. I will definitely do a rewatch of season two. Oh, absolutely. Pretty soon. And I will always love these characters. I'll always love this cast and this crew. And I'm sad to see it go. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Especially with like their use of music too. Like, oh, man. I got so much good music yeah, on I know, Spotify right? now because we'll just <laughs> because have to we'll just have to go to Euphoria now. Yeah, Euphoria's got some good music. They got some, some great tunes. Too. Yeah. And I think that this show just does a good job of following the formula of a lot of the successful HBO shows that yeah. Um, we get these characters that we're so invested with that we can't just pin into one category, but yet are dealing with things that are very much universal in right. terms of struggling. And, and you know, it's interesting that you brought up that this whole show has been about how these women are like, are struggling with this lie that they're trying to keep from each other and then they continue to support each other. And in a show like Euphoria, which if you haven't watched that, I feel like a lot of it deals with the fact that these you know, these are kids. They're not adults who are raising families. They're kids in high right. school that are at this point in their life where they're trying to figure themselves out. And they're if they found something about themselves, they're trying to peacock the hell out of it to be like, look yeah. at me and look at this thing that I've found. And within that, they are struggling with so much and feel like they are the only one that is struggling with anything. Mm-hmm. And they don't have that support because they feel like, they are completely alone. Right. And they can't share that struggle. Right. So it's interesting. Both shows. Deal very, with very it. interesting themes. Yeah. I wish that if I'm being honest, the show that I would love to do, I wish we could do a thing of season three for Barry, which we very well could if Ooh, it comes yeah. out 
when we're still around. Oh yeah. Um, I love Barry. Me too. It's great. And there's a lot to talk about. It's a lot of very similar themes of trying to cover yeah. up lies. Yeah. HBO, what's your problem? Tell the truth. Come on, man. <laughs> no one wants to see the truth. We all want to see the lies and the yeah. conniving. Yeah. Who's going to get the throne? The mustache twirling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you once again, guys. Um, we'll catch you on the flip side. Hope you have a wonderful day. And I hope that the sun always shines on you. And, and I love you. And I love you, my little otters of Otter Bay. We are the otters, the mighty, mighty otters. We are the mighty, mighty otters.